0: Now, it's time for 2010 National Sports Writer of the Year, Peter King from MMQB on the NFL on TuneIn.
1: Peter, we're talking about Tom Brady's hand injury. Given that he's 40 years of age and couldn't make it through a practice unscathed, what's the outlook Sunday against a ferocious Jacksonville defense?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, you know, when I heard that it was a hand, we know he's been battling this Achilles injury the whole year or for a good chunk of the year. Uh, But, you know, it's one thing to be limited in the pocket. It's another thing on a day that's going to probably be really cold to have your right hand injured. Now, what that means and how serious it is, we'll never hear it. You know, uh, the Patriots are, are certainly not going to let anybody know, uh, let on what, how bad it is. But no question in my mind that this has to be very concerning for the Patriots. I will not be at all surprised to see Dion Lewis get a much bigger part of the game plan this week than, than they had planned.
0: What happens if Brian Hoyer has to come in? Do they continue to play uh, decent football, enough to, to help them win?
2: You know, my opinion, Cordell, is that everyone in Gillette Stadium in Foxborough will immediately get down on their knees and they'll look up to the heavens and they'll say, mm-hmm. please, can mm-hmm. we have one Brian Hoyer miracle, please? <laughs> Just one? Um, you know, I think what they're, what they would do without any question is – they would basically, uh, you know, they they would basically make their game plan a short and intermediate passing game plan, almost the way the Philadelphia Eagles did last week with uh, with Nick Foles. You know, they didn't want the ball into in Nick Foles' hands to throw the ball deep downfield, and in my opinion, uh, that's exactly what Josh McDaniels would do with Hoyer if he had to play now. Look, in my opinion, Brady would throw left-handed before they'd put Brian Hoyer in the game, but we'll see.
1: Peter King is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Peter, irrational to think that Mike Tomlin is in any sort of jeopardy, but as we consider all the talent the Steelers have on their team, most players going to the Pro Bowl again this year, do you think it's fair to come up with the notion they've underachieved by not making it to the Super Bowl in seven seasons?
2: Um... What a great question that is. Uh, Have they underachieved? They probably have. Is it a fireable offense? I don't think so at all. Um, I ask this question, and I, I mean, hey, I'd love to hear what Cordell thinks. And I don't just mean about the Steelers. You know, I mean about players in general. You know how I view whether a coach should be fired? I mean, first of all, You don't fire a coach who's won 48 games in four years. You just don't do that unless your locker room is in flames. And their locker room is not in flames. You probably have some guys in that locker room who don't like uh, certain things about Mike Tomlin, just like there are guys in every locker room who don't like certain things about their head coach. There's certain things that I'm sure guys on the Patriots don't like about Belichick. But I would just ask this question to Cordell, and I don't mean to turn the tables. But in my opinion, you fire a coach when the guys on the team don't respect him and aren't playing hard for him. That's not what I see right now. But Cordell, what do you think about that as a player who's been on the side of you've been winning locker rooms and you've been in losing locker rooms? What do you think about a coach's ability and, and, and keeping a coach? I mean, what tells you when you should get rid of a coach?
0: Well, this is what I will say. Um, When the message is lost on a team, uh, we've seen that on uh, quite a few teams in the National Football League. Prime example, the Cleveland Browns. Another example, the Cincinnati Bengals. uh, Another example, the Oakland Raiders. When you find a team that has the potential to be good and they underachieve immensely, I think what ends up happening is, again, you see the same behaviors over and over again as far as the outcome is concerned. And then now you start asking yourself the question, what are we doing here? So now as guys start looking for checks. They want to have time off, uh, I would say, from the game and, and so on and so forth. But to add on to that, you end up also getting to the point where you start having those loose lips conversations where guys yeah. are talking too much. And that's one thing I see happening in Pittsburgh, and, and directly speaking about that one particular case, is you have you're starting to have your your starting quarterback who who's complaining about practice last year. You know, maybe we're having too many physical practices. This is why guys are getting hurt. Uh, to last uh, the game against New England, where I wanted to spike the ball, but from the sideline, I end up getting a different call. So when you start hearing those types of messages, it makes you wonder, Peter, and also Brian. Is the message getting lost to the point where there may be a reason why those rumors are floating around and just so happen to surface out of nowhere to where you're questioning a guy who you've mentioned who's won over 44 games or so, to where you wonder, is this is what we're gonna let go for someone else that we don't know can basically come in and get you to win a division, let alone get back to the postseason. So I would say I echo those sentiments, but most importantly, it's about the message that's being lost, and I wonder if that's taking place in Pittsburgh because of all these players that that are passing their opinions to the Martavis Bryans, to the Le'Veon Bell's, to the Ben uh Not so much a B because we have those temper, you know, those tempered moments where guys may lash at a coach like a. Uh, uh, Tom Brady does that. Uh, Josh McDaniels on the sideline in Buffalo, too. The, the actual Gatorade jug being thrown on the ground. So hopefully I answered your question and also add a few more cherries on top because I think it's becoming to be one of those cases in Pittsburgh where we've never seen this before, where you, you, you think coaches are getting fired because of players, but yet you also have players having the loose lips cuz we you know what happens when you have loose lips they say they start sinking ships and here it is it seemed like the, the boat is starting to rock a little bit well, too much what, in Pittsburgh which you not seen things, in a long time. One of the things
2: Cordell I'll just I'll just add this this last thing and then we can move on. One of the things that bothered me now in retrospect is seeing before the Steelers played the Patriots the first time you've got Mike Tomlin talking to Tony Dungy about the rematch with the Patriots.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean And and again, I thought it was cute and funny and the guys in the locker room would laugh about it and everything. But Mm -hmm. then you've got the players who sort of take the lead from their coach and they start saying the same kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just said to myself, when all that stuff started happening, there's way too much meaningless chatter going on. You know, focus on today, not tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of itself. But but again, I, I just, I don't think that you've seen anywhere near enough for Mike Tomlin's job to be in jeopardy.
1: I agree. Peter, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us again. Enjoy the games on Sunday. We'll chat with you next week. Sounds great, guys. Thank you.